0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Ask for Candy, where we talk about healing, self care, love, sex, relationships, and what it takes to be amazing on the daily. Who I am, I'm CandiceHarperLoveCoach.com, and my purpose with this podcast is to create healthy romantic relationships all around the world, especially now that there is a worldwide health crisis and people are in need of love and connection now more than ever. But before we get to that, shout out to Armed Radio and all the peeps around the world who are listening in. Don't forget to to subscribe to Ask for Candy on Anchor. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Spreaker. We're on all the places where you normally get your podcasts. You can also subscribe to us, Ask for Candy, YouTube channel. It's called Ask for Candy Podcast. When you subscribe, even if you're busy on a Thursday night, you'll never miss a show. You can also follow me on Instagram at CandyLoveCoach and at Ask for Candy Podcast. If you want to be entered in the Ask for Candy Cash App Contest, stick around to hear the rule at the end of the show. You can also email me, askforcandypodcast at gmail.com, and any questions, comments, anything that you send me will be addressed or answered in a later broadcast. Yay! I'm so glad that you're here. Those of you who've been with me before, you know that I am a relationship coach, a workshop facilitator, and a professional matchmaker with Talkify. If you've never heard of it, it's an amazing digital service where you can hire a matchmaker to do all the sifting and vetting on your behalf. It's especially great for people who struggle with initiating contact or simply picking the right partner. Matchmaking and relationship coaching is my zone of genius, and the best part about it is that week to week, I get to grow and learn as I interact with people around the most intimate part of their lives. I get to meet and nurture new clients, I get to screen possible dating candidates for them, I get to design programs and activities that deepen their ability to get to know one another, and most importantly, I get to be a part of what supports healthy beginnings and sustainably healthy relationships. Now, I would hazard a guess that some of you are at home quarantined with someone right now and wondering if things could have turned out differently if you initially had someone there to help you choose in the beginning. The good news is that it's never too late to turn the ship around if both people are willing and able. If you go to CandaceHarperLoveCoach.com and you want to get in our Rolodex so that you could possibly be matched with one of my clients or one of our many, many Matchmakers clients, go right now and just click, I want to be in the Rolodex. I want to be matched. Anyway, so yeah, it's never too late to turn the ship around if both people are willing and able. But as you know, because I've said it a million times, you can't love somebody else if you don't know how to love yourself. You must love yourself. I don't know how many times I can say it, a gazillion, a gamillion, a bazillion times. And still and yet, with myself and others, there's things that come up that indicate that there might be some need for self-love and so it's an, it's an ongoing journey. It's a lifelong journey. It's something that we're going to never get done. It's going to be something that we're practicing for the rest of our lives because we are born into a world that says you should not love yourself or that you are not enough and that you need something more in order to be okay. And for most of us in this crazy world, we're living in, living in, loving ourselves can be a challenge to say the least to say the very least, especially these days. Just the other day, a close friend of mine reached out in a panic because she has been stress eating through COVID-19. She's a mom and a wife and a working woman. And like so many of us out there with even a couple less responsibilities, this 10 plus weeks being locked down and afraid for our lives is starting to take its toll. And it's taking its toll on a lot of us. I mean, how many of you out there, myself included, have gained some weight? you know, are feeling a certain kind of way, can't wait to get back to being able to hug people. We were talking on the Epic Circle the other night, like hugging, everybody misses hugging, those who don't live with other people on a regular basis. And so, you know, yeah, this pandemic is really taking its toll and people are feeling away. And it doesn't help that they're still out there killing black folks and threatening death by police out there. So it's no wonder that many of us are stressed out and finding it impossible to stay focused on what is most important, because there's just craziness going on in the world. But what is most important is staying strong and healthy, because here's the thing about it. When we are swallowed by our fear, when we allow ourselves to succumb to it all, there's nothing that we can do to be a force for good. Um, you know, with all of the forces for bad in the world. There's nothing that we can do to help anyone or to make change or to be a part of change or to have a different experience or have other people have a different experience if we allow ourselves to succumb. So here's the thing. There's no reason to negate any of your feelings, even the ones that cause you stress. This is not to say that we, we shouldn't feel the way that we feel. It's, it would be impossible not to just as human beings And, you know, if we try to resist the feelings that we feel, the real feelings that we feel about what's going on in the world today, they're just going to get worse. They're just going to get bigger. So if you're telling yourself, don't be stressed, don't be stressed, don't be stressed, all you're going to be is stressed. If you're telling yourself, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, all you're going to do is worry. If you're walking around you know, in a state of focusing on the bad feelings and the butterflies in your stomach and the anxious feelings and the sadness and talking about the sadness and talking about how you need the sadness to go away and you want the depression to go away and you don't want to feel this way anymore, it's just going to continue to grow. But that also is not to say to pretend like it's not happening, just just know that it's human and it's natural and it's normal. But the key is just to refocus our attention. So those feelings are going to be there. You're a human being. You're going to feel what you feel. But when you refocus your attention, you we can cope. Like we can cope with what we need to cope with. We we can deal with what we need to deal with when we can when we allow ourselves to refocus our attention. And hopefully ultimately overcome it all. And I know for some of you out there you're so at the point of cynicism that you Feel like this sounds Pollyanna. I'm still a big believer in Martin Luther King's dream. I still feel like we shall overcome. I still feel like, and you know, whether you're talking about this uh, virus or talking about uh, you know racist murders or talking about the state of the world today, I do feel like good overrides evil. So I think the way that good can override evil is if in our own personal lives. That we're willing to allow ourselves to be human while also being willing to fully take care of ourselves and not succumb. Between pandemics, racist murders, dangerous confrontations, and trying to avoid just getting coughed on, the last thing we want to do is be taken down by our own fear. Because there's enough out there, right? So in 2013, when everything was light and airy, I wrote a blog article called Water Yoga Sex Magic about epic level self-care. Serious self-care. And in 2017, after a bad breakup, I edited it. I edited, edited it. I was reading it today, and I was amazed at how well it has held up. And on a personal level, I believe that it may be even more relevant now. So I didn't update it to 2020, Um, You know, I didn't go through an edit to update it to 2020. I kept the 2017 version, but I did want to read it to you because I feel like it is very relevant for our times right now. And so I do talk about some different elements and possibilities for how we can refocus and and be diligent about our self-care while we're feeling our feelings. And so, you know, as I'm talking about it or as I'm reading it, we'll deep dive a little bit because, you know, I like to deep dive you know, I don't just throw stuff at you without explaining what the hell I'm talking about. But since last week, I read an excerpt from my book. I just, now I'm on this thing. I just want to just be reading all my shit to you guys. I, I've i written a lot, of, a lot of stuff over the years. If you want to know the truth, I started my blog in 2012. And even though I haven't always been on top of writing articles for the blog, I've written many a newsletter. I've written many a blurb, many a blog article, and I have a lot of content. So I don't know. I felt like tonight might be a good night to also do a little reading, reading of Water Yoga Sex Magic, The Ultimate Self-Care Guide, and see if it helps to support you in any way. This is not me having any insistence that you feel like you don't feel or that you pretend that you don't feel what you feel this is me wanting to support anyone out there who wants to understand. And I got from my friend, the one who reached out to me saying that she's she's like, I'm bigger than I've ever been, and I'm stress eating and I'm drinking and I'm doing all of this stuff. And anyone else who's out there, and I was that was me just a few weeks ago when I had to turn it around. A little hypnotism, a little healthy food, a little meditation, you know, my usual stuff and some of the stuff I'm gonna talk about tonight. So for anybody who's out there and actually wants to find a healthy way to take care of themselves, not make themselves perfect or not pretend like it's all okay, or you know, I have to be very careful that everyone understands that no one is trying to negate anyone's feelings here. No one's trying to make anybody snap out of anything or any of that because the feelings are valid and they're real and they're there for a reason. They're there to teach us. They're there to talk to us they're not there to be struggled with or fought with. They're not there to be resisted. They are there to be allowed. And then, you know, being in an exploration of where else they can go. If I get, you know, in a very depressed place, one thing I know for myself that tends to be very workable is to allow myself to feel my sadness and not resist it and not fight it and you know, For me, I'm not telling anybody else what they should do because I'm not a doctor. I don't medicate it because I want to know what it's trying to tell me and what it's there for and what it's all about, and I want to let it pass through me and move through me. So I'm going on a whole tangent here. I want to get back to this article because this is all about how you can just refocus, not change it, not squash it, not stuff it down, not put it in a box. Just refocus your attentions, allow yourself to explore what's possible, when the intention is to love and take care of yourself, which we all have to do. We are all responsible for that. So you ready? Are you ready? I'm gonna read this article. It's called Water Yoga Sex Magic from 2017. Hey, listen, honey, you may be tired of hearing it, but I can't stress it enough, mainly because I've already spent an extraordinary amount of time in life stressing too much. There is power in discerning which warnings to ignore, so I'm not going to list all the consequences of being a worry case. Let me tell you, though, the struggle is real. As a consummate overthinker, I can testify, bear witness, and preach the word all the way up to the steeple about the effects stress has on our health, our ability to function, and sadly, our relationships or lack thereof. I am not afraid to admit that I personally let anxiety and fear turn 2015 into a soul-sucking pain pit of shame. And 2016, well, we all know how that went. If you approached it like I did, you may also be feeling like 2016 had its way with you unaided by lubrication. So here we are in 2017. And once again, by all evidence, it seems as though there are intentional forces threatening to suck out every remnant of joy. See, I could totally have updated that to 2020. So here we are in 2020. And once again, by all evidence, it seems as though there are intentional forces threatening to suck out every remnant of joy. So what do we do when the news feed and tweets have popped our happy bubble and the news, real or fake, is driving our emotional rickshaw to hell? Well, liberal applications of self-care, of course, regardless of your political affiliation. Yes, it's selfish. Yes, it's all about you. Yes, people will think you are rejecting their needs when you put yours first. Guess what? These are the people who will continue to sieve out your strength because their only concern is that you stay on their agenda. Those that truly support you also understand that you are no good to anyone unless you are good to yourself. So before you start ticking off your checklist and mentally confirming the validity of your method of maintenance, I should be clear and let you know that I'm not necessarily talking about pedicures and eyebrow waxing or going to ashrams, or getting things sucked out of you, or hot stones on your back, although that's really nice. We can't do most of that stuff anyway. The other caveat is that really good self-care is evidenced by the fact that not only does it fuel your energy to be there for others, it won't result in self-sabotage. For instance, retail therapy can be really good until the credit card bills arrive. Quarts of ice cream are amazing right up until you're stepping on a scale or clamoring for deep breaths on your way up a flight of stairs. The other thing about effective self-care is that it helps you to raise your deserve level in relationships. So those of you who are following along know that I talk a lot about the romantic deserve level and how we attract what we think we deserve. So how does self-care help with that? How does self-care help with everything? For one thing, learning new things and growing your brain is very self-loving and will likely have you attracting others who do the same. That's one way. The last thing about good self-care is that it truly doesn't have to cost anything. Sure, it's great to go get a massage, have a pre petty foot soak or diamonds scrubbed all over your punum until your wrinkles swell out in frustration. However, really good self-care doesn't require deep pockets or deep wrinkles to be effective. So you may say, if shopping, primping, and eating well doesn't mean good self-care, then I have no idea what does. What are you talking about, Asked for candy. What's good self-care it's not taking care of my toes, my toenails, and scrubbing out my wrinkles? What am I even doing with myself? Well, besides making sure you fulfill your basic needs like plenty of sleep, nutrition, and peace, I made a list of some things you can do to recenter yourself relieve stress, and live to give again. Even during this pandemic, people, this is an aside, even during this pandemic, these things cost you nothing. And these are going to be the things that actually help us on an individual level, get through all of this stuff. Trust me, just trust me on this. I mean, I've been on my own here for 10 plus weeks. And if I didn't have all of these things, and if I wasn't doing all of these things, I wouldn't be talking to you now. Worth a try. I'm not saying you got to do it. I'm not saying anything's wrong with you if you don't do it. I don't want to hear any backlash about I'm trying to force people to be anything or do anything or toxic positivity or put you on a cloud. It's none of that. What this is about is just a willingness to explore what's possible rather than stuffing my face and feeling bad about it or uh, you know, sitting in a dark room, which if you got to sit in a dark room, sometimes you got to do that too. But Here's some other things that you can possibly do. The first one is listen to your body. You got to listen to your body. So even though we've only got one mouth, all of our parts, they speak. And whether it's through pain, tightness, tingling, etc., every tissue has the ability to communicate on its own behalf. So rather than quickly medicate, take a moment to let your body communicate. Do you like that? I rhymed it a little bit. You got to be willing to um, listen to what's going on with you. And pain, a lot of times, will tell you a lot. And it'll tell you what maybe needs to be shifted or adjusted or what you could possibly give some more love to or be more nurturing about yourself. You know, they talk about the inner child. You could treat yourself like you you were your inner five-year-old. How would you talk to yourself? How would you be with yourself? If your inner 5-year-old came to you and said I have a boo-boo, if you're, you know, a half decent person, you would take care of it. You would kiss it and make it better and you would be nice to it. But most of us out there, we get sick, we got problems, we're, you know, trying to stuff it, medicate it, numb it. You know, I don't know, trying to get connection around it by complaining about it a lot and making it even worse by talking about it, focusing on it, making it part of our identity, our identity you know, I'm the one with the bad back. And I say that because that's who I was at one point in my life, the bad lower back, my lower back hurting. Oh, what can I do to get rid of it? I got to do something to get rid of it. I got to fix it. I got to hurry up and fix it. And I wasn't able to actually fix it until I was willing to listen to what it was trying to tell me. Those of you who, if you've ever read uh, Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life, she talks about a lot of ailments in the body, how quantum physics works, and how a lot of ailments in the body represent um, our mental wellness, emotional issues, things that we're telling ourselves, things that we believe that don't work, that aren't working for us. And so my lower back problems were my beliefs around instability and uncertainty and un- and not being safe and worries about money and you know, thinking that I wasn't going to be able to take care of myself. And in those moments when I was feeling unsafe and uncertain, and it was usually around death or financial trauma, my back would flare up. And I would have all kinds of injuries and stuff going on, and it turns out that it wasn't real injuries because my back is actually very strong. I'm a belly dancer now. I'm working on that. Um, You know, it was just my beliefs and my self-talk. But I had to listen to what my body was telling me instead of constantly trying to fix it. You know, because I, for a long time, I was medicating it. I was getting it adjusted by a chiropractor. I was doing everything I could to wrench it, to pop it back into place, just everything to try to fix it, fix it, fix it rather than listen. So I had to get to a point where I understood that I had to listen. You should probably get that book, Louise Hey, You Can Heal Your Life, but even if you don't get that book, if you have something going on in your body right now, pay attention to it. Don't ignore it. Don't gloss over it. It may or may not be easy for you to get healthcare right now, but if you can do something to give it some love, some care, if you can be with it, meditate on it, breathe through it, get down to your deep down and ask yourself, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to tell me, body? What, what is this pain about? Am I stressing? Am I getting sciatica because I'm tightening my glutes because I'm walking around mad at everybody all the time? Am I, you know, getting chest pains because I'm so stressed out about this thing because I'm, I'm telling myself that we're all going to die? You know, we got to be willing to let ourselves feel and express and process that kind of stuff through our body and, and listen to it. And allow it. Allow it to process through so it doesn't become something worse. That's number one. Number two, forgive yourself and others. I know, I know, I know every time I talk about forgiveness, there's always a million arguments for why... It's, you know, some lofty be like Jesus thing. And I've talked about this one so much that I feel like we should all be our own personal mother Teresa by now. But if you're like me, you know that forgiveness is a constant and evolving practice, especially when you are a perfectionist or surrounded by people who fuck up a lot. And let's face it, most of us are. You see what I did there? So being someone who has been somewhat of a perfectionist with myself throughout my life and perfectionism is not a self-loving way of being. It's a, you know, you have to do this or do that to be enough. You can be very hard on yourself. And if you're hard on yourself, you're probably hard on other people too. And so this is a good time to be in a space of allowance and forgiveness. And it's okay to let humans be humans. It's okay to let you be a human. It's okay to let yourself fuck up. It's okay to not do it right all day, every day. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to uh, feel like you're out of control or that you're uncertain, the willingness to forgive it and allow it to be what it is. Cause in the grand scheme of life, none of it even matters. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a, in a uh, negative way. I mean, I, I mean that in the life only means what you make it mean. Life is only as important as you make it be. All of this stuff is only as important as you make it for yourself individually. There's no, um, whatever. I'm getting too existential right now, but yes, forgive yourself, yourself and others. Be willing to let it be okay that you're not doing it perfect. Be willing to let it be okay. And I know I'm not a mom. I'm not telling people how to parent, but for now and forever, let it be okay that your kid doesn't you know, beat all other kids or that they fail at something or that they, you know, uh, start something and don't finish it or, um, you know, forget to clean up after themselves. I'm not saying that you have to be their slave or anything like that, but when we make things so wrong and we're resentful and we're hard to forgive and we're quick to anger and we're not willing to allow ourselves and others to just be it causes so much unneeded stress and tension. It just it just piles it on, and we got enough going on in the world that we don't need to be chastising ourselves, or chastising other people, or chastising our children about things that don't even matter. Like you know, I don't know. I don't want to judge, but you know, if your kid is writing on the walls, yeah, it sucks. But in the grand scheme of things, let's be real not that big of a deal. So for anybody who's out there just really feeling like, you know, this forgiveness thing. And if you got some old resentments, some old shit that you haven't cleaned up yet, this is a good time because, of you know, so many of us are spending so much time at home alone and in our thoughts and, you know, with resources and support that we can get as far as uh, understanding how to forgive and what it means to forgive. And that it doesn't mean you have to be like Jesus and negate your own feelings or um, this is not victim blaming or shaming. If someone has ever done anything to you that's really horrific, this is an opportunity to take your power back. And to not be sitting in that pain and not letting someone uh, traumatize you over and over and over again. So that's a a really good way to take care of yourself. It's not for anybody else, but for yourself. If you can forgive yourself, you can definitely forgive others. Number three is to match up your words with your actions. So, this one's simple. If you say it, do it. If you can't do it, say it. If you said you were going to do it and then didn't do it, acknowledge the fact that you let somebody down and clean it up. That's it. We're living in a time where trying to people please, trying to over deliver, making up stories to compete, saying things that you don't really mean, um, you know, trying to inflate your ego by making promises that you can never fulfill. All of that stuff, it's just a waste of time. And it's not a good way to take care of yourself. And it's certainly not a good way to connect with the people around you. If anyone, you know, if you've ever disappointed anyone, you know that's not connective. But even forget that part of it. Like, this is a time to just do what you say you're going to do. And don't say it if you know you're not going to do it. Be a strong yes, be a strong no, and guard your um, time guard your 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 needs if you if you need time for yourself and you have to be a no on something be a no on it if you can be a yes on something then 100% be a yes on it and follow through do what you got to do to follow through and if you can't follow through take responsibility and clean it up. It will cause you so much less stress just being able to just be your word on things. And here's the other thing about word because we're working on this right now in the epic circle, we're using the four agreements, be impeccable with your word. Some people don't like that agreement because it's about it sounds like it's about being perfect. It's not really about being perfect. It's about being mindful of the words that we use, right? So, if you're walking around body shaming yourself because you've eaten so much during this quarantine time and talking about how fat you are and how fat you look and how difficult this is and how ridiculous it is and how you can't take it anymore. You're walking around and if that's your mantra, if that's the thoughts you have in your head and that's what you're sharing, that's what you're saying, we create our life with our words because our words, our thoughts, our beliefs give rise to our actions So if you want to take really, really good care of yourself, use words and say things that focus on what's working. If you have a roof over your head and food to eat and clothes on your back and a warm place to lay your head down and go to sleep tonight and your children have the same, your partner has the same, or if you're on your own and you have all of those things, those are the things to be focusing on, right? Those are the things to be, uh, you know, they they call it gratitude. Those are the things to be speaking, Like, thank you for this warm bed and whoever you want to thank, whether you believe in God or universe or whatever, whoever you want to thank, whoever you, however you want to appreciate it. So you want to, you want to give yourself the gift of acknowledging what is good in a time when so many things seem so bad. Give yourself that gift. All right. The next one is to be authentic. So this one very much ties in with the last one. Don't say it unless you mean it or, or wanna do it. Let people know exactly where you're at and take responsibility for your own feelings. So don't pretend you feel one way while you really feel another, it's just self-punishment. Those words that go unspoken. And plus people won't feel like they can trust you even when they're not even sure why. And guess what, people will get mad at you. I just communicated with a family member the other day and no response whatsoever. It's like I was shouting into a vacuum as if it was completely invalid to that person and they had no need to respond to it whatsoever. And you know what? doesn't matter. Because the other choice would have been for me to not be honest and not be truthful about how I was feeling, not accusing anybody, not uh, you know yelling, pointing fingers or anything like that, just being authentic about where I stood in the face of everything else that's going on in the world, just being real about it. And so some people will be able to handle that And some people won't be able to handle that. But if you bottle up your your feelings, if you pretend that you think one thing when really you think another, if you um, don't say what is so in the most compassionate way you know how to say it, you will just be adding to your stress vault, your stress tank, or whatever you want to call it. And you know, over time that starts to snowball because even when people don't want to hear what you have to say, if you've told them the truth and if you've been authentic with them in the long run, it's going to serve all of you better. Everybody's going to know where everybody stands and that leaves room for resolution or, you know, completion of relationships. And that's a whole nother show. But yeah, do yourself a favor and say what is truly on your mind Say what's truly there for you and say it in a loving way. You don't have to wait until you get so angry that you got to be nasty with people or anything like that. Just just be real about how you're feeling right now. It's okay. Because anybody who's pretending like they don't have a whole lot of feelings going on right now, you know, I wonder about their mental wellness. Because I don't know how you can be a human being right now and not have some, some feelings going on. You know, we all have our different levels of, of mental health. So who knows? Anyway, next one is forego perfection, it doesn't exist, except within the constraints of imperfection. In other words, however things are is perfect for their purpose. Is that confusing? Does that sound confusing? Everything is perfect right now. I know that sounds insane, but there's a big grand scheme of things And the only part that we know is our little microcosm, our little tiny bit of the world, our little, you know, tiny little thing that we have that is our lives. That's all we have. That's all we know. Our little bit of perception. You know, the few people that we know out of the billions and billions of people that are on this earth. You know, we have a very, very finite perception on what's going on in the world, we only know what we hear, what we hear through different channels and through the perceptions of others. And everything that's happening in the world now and has, has, as it's always been is exactly what it is. And it is perfect because it is what it, it, it is. And I don't mean to say, say that in that cliche kind of way, but that's what, caught, that's what is evidence of its perfection. It's exactly as it should be. If it is, it is. We're going into the whole existentialism again. If it is, it is, and it's perfect. And so, how we choose to perceive each particular thing, especially those things in our personal lives, are what determines what our reality is like. So, you know, if you want to make a mountain out of a molehill, if you want to cry over the spilled milk, or whatever other. Cliches I can give you around making a big deal and and you know making it negative, rather than seeing where the opportunity is, where the growth is, and what is possible and what is there, and allowing whatever's there to be what it is, even when it's something that it's like no 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 I don't ever want to see this. No one wants to see anybody die. No one wants to see anybody get sick or be murdered. Nobody wants to see anybody feel threatened. Or, you know, be in confrontation. Well, some people like like that. Some people like watching that. But, no, you know, we're not looking for, in our human existence, those of us of some level of, of health and humanity are not looking to see other people suffer. And so it's hard to imagine that other people's su- suffering is in any way okay, let alone perfect, but perfect in its imperfection. Because there's a grand shift that's happening in this world. There's always a grand shift happening in this world, and it's bigger than all of us. And we have no way of knowing who's going to be here for the end of it, or who's not going to be here for the end of it. And so the onus is on all of us to appreciate every single moment that we have and forgo some need to fit someone else's idea of perfect. Yes, honey. Now I'm on the soapbox. I'm preaching. I don't know what a soapbox is. I'm on the soapbox. I'm preaching. All right, the next one is to value kindness. Kindness, unlike diamonds, are is actually a rare currency. So when we trade kindness with other people, it not only relieves stress, it creates a sense of safety, which is the opposite of stress. So, you know, I don't know. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before about how certainty is an illusion. It is an illusion. There's no, you know, rhyme or reason to what happens in this world. And we have no way of guaranteeing our lives, our safety, anything from moment to moment. And even before COVID-19, that was the case. Certainty has always been an illusion. Um, Yeah, there are very, very few things that are 100% certain as, you know, with evidence, except, you know, birth and death, <laughs> our existence, you know, but as far as how we move in and out of this world or, you know, the logistics of all of that, we have, have no way of being absolutely sure how that's going to happen. I mean, some people take charge of it on their own. And of course, I guess that that does give them a level of certainty. But the one thing that we can do Is when we value kindness and we offer kindness to each other. And the reason that I say that it's actually a rare currency, because sometimes we pick and choose it, which is not necessarily that kind. But if we make kindness the default, meaning that, you know, with all of this having to wear masks and social distancing and, you know, people in an anxious and stressed out state because they're worried. About their fathers and sons being killed and all of that, rather than being so quick to argue points and, you know, negate people's feelings, fears, and anxieties, if we were quicker to take care of each other and be kind in the face of disagreement, be kind in the face of someone saying something. That feels scary because it goes against whatever you've long term believed or whatever dogma you have. Whatever, um, you know, I have a friend who has a friend who is a cop and is very in, in denial about what goes on in this country as far as police and, and people of color. And so, you know, with someone like that, I mean, clearly, if you're in pain and you're in anxiety around, around this, which I think that most people who care about human beings are, it's very hard to imagine... Um, where was I going with this? It's very hard to imagine offering kindness to someone who has that kind of point of view. And I am not suggesting that anyone offer kindness to anyone that they feel is offensive or criminal or anything like that. But I guess in a way I am, if you can offer kindness first to yourself, then the ability to not make people's deeds okay. And it's a very slippery slope. I know you hear how carefully I'm talking all of a sudden, the ability to not make the deeds of others. Okay. While still, still, observing that we are all the human race is a big way to sort of relieve the stress of feeling feeling hopelessness. I'm going to let that sit with you for a second. Because it can be a very hopeless feeling to think that when humans do evil, or do things that are despicable that their lives become disposable. And I know I'm going into a whole very controversial like oh lord, I don't even know if I want to go down this road. But let's take it back. Let's let's peel it back a little bit cuz I don't want to to here's the thing. I don't want to be in a place of making anyone think that I'm trying to insist that murderers, pedophiles, and, and evil people deserve your kindness. It's not up to me to decide who deserves what, and I don't think that anyone out there is obligated to um, go further than they they want to go as far as how they treat other human beings. But in our day-to-day ins and outs and moving about. And, you know, just even today I was in Costco and, you know, there were so many more people than there normally are. Nobody's social distancing. Everybody's pushing their way through, trying to make sure that they get what they need and not caring about other people, all of that stuff. When we're present to valuing kindness, it does grow and it does seep into, um, just like a virus. It does go from person to person and that is how good overcomes evil. I'm going to leave it at that because I know I'm getting into a very dangerous area and I don't want to get into some big debate with anybody about things that, you know, are beyond, um, you know, certain, certain people's boundaries as far as spirituality and love and religion and, you know, beliefs and all of that stuff but just in your day-to-day movings, value kindness because it's a really fantastic way of taking care of yourself. And yes, you could be kind and someone else might not be kind towards you, but if you're attached to needing someone to be kind because you've been kind, then you're not really being kind. You're being manipulative, right? So be kind to yourself first and then overflow that kindness onto other people, Whatever other people do with it, that's on them, but it's a really great way to relieve stress on you. Keep your street cleaned up, your side of the street cleaned up, and don't worry about other people's side of the street. Obviously, there are limits to that. I don't want to hear any crazy comments or arguments. Whatever. Anyway, the next one, be strong in your vulnerability. And that kind of ties in with the kindness too. It sounds like it's an oxymoron, vulnerable strength. However, you will never be more strong than when you allow yourself to share who you really are. The sheer bravery it takes to expose our soft underbellies can break the bonds of guardedness that we use to keep intimacy with each other at bay. So don't worry about people that are turned off by your vulnerability. They're not your people. And let me just clear something up Vulnerability is not always talking about your problems. So, a lot of times people think that to be vulnerable, that means I'm telling you about all of my. Um, traumatic history, or the bad things that have happened to me, or how sad I am—that's my vulnerability, and I don't show that to anybody because that's me being weak when I'm crying tears and all of that. Vulnerability is is your authenticity. Vulnerability is what's real for you, and sometimes that is your sadness, and sometimes it's your happiness. But it's you know, even earlier when I was talking about the value of kindness, it's very vulnerable for me to say. That I don't know all the answers because I like to be the answer girl, right? It's vulnerable for me to say, I don't want to take this to a point where I, you know, I want, I don't want people to misunderstand where I'm coming from um, because that's not my intention. That's, that's just what's true for me. It's just me sharing the truth. So that willingness to just share what is true, when you can say, you know, oh, this makes me nervous to talk about because I feel like it's going to make people angry, and I don't necessarily want to be in some sort of angry confrontation with anyone. I don't feel comfortable with angry confrontations. Things like that, to say that, to be able to share that. With whoever's listening out there or whoever's listening in here, whoever I'm talking to directly, that that, for me, that takes a level of vulnerability. So it's really just about saying what's true for you, expressing yourself in an authentic way. It's it's brave and it's exposing of ourselves when we've been taught to uh, behave a certain way and that we should do certain things and say certain things in order to be polite or be considerate or be this or be that. When in fact, if you really want to take good care of yourself, just be truthful, be vulnerable with your kindness and your compassion. Just say who you are, say what's going on with you, say what is the truth for you when it's warranted and stand in that. That's a really great way to take care of yourself. All right, here's another one, and I, I only got four more, and then we're almost done. I, you know, and I know I said I was just going to read the article, but you know me, I have to like talk about it as I'm reading it. I got to go on and on. Value your solitude. It's where your intuition speaks to you. It's where you can mend yourself. It's where you can get quiet enough to decide if you want to invite someone in. Use it for a meditation. And don't be limited by this word. It doesn't only mean sitting on the floor chanting Om. It could also be building something or painting, you know, etc. Like whatever you consider to be a meditation. Some people ride a stationary bike and they go into a zone or whatever. Value your time, especially for those of us who do live alone. Value your solitude. And I know it might feel like it's a long, trust me, I, it's 10 plus weeks. I feel like it's a long stretch, but I also n- value it. Because I know it's there for me. It's opportunity for me to grow. I can take belly dancing lessons on YouTube. I can study. You know, I'm studying to become a licensed hypnotherapist. I can study. You know, I can leave this quarantine with more things that I entered it with because I now have time to be on my own where no one bothers me. I can be with myself. I can mend whatever I want to mend in my heart. And I can talk to people if I want to. But if you get chances to be by yourself or just you and your family, value it. Because we weren't having that before. And that's not to be preachy about how you should be doing your pandemic, but we're talking about self-care here. And self-care is being good with where you're at. So there's that. Next is be purposeful. Discover your intentions for everything you do. Envision results, dream big. Huge, outrageous results. Give yourself a reason to be. Don't wait for permission. So we don't know how long, you know, we're going to be in and out of lockdown. God forbid another horrible wave of this thing because we're opening up too fast or any of that stuff happens. Hopefully, we we get to just sort of segue out of it. But we don't know, right? But this is a great time to just get purposeful for yourself. And there's no grand, you don't have to go up to some big mountain on a hill and see some guru on a hill to find out what your purpose is. You can choose a purpose for yourself. For some people, they, they make their kids their purpose. I think that's a little dangerous, but you can choose what your purpose is. And for some people, their purpose is to just be an example of living a good quality life, whatever that means for them, because that means something different for different people, right? And there's purpose in that. So I want to be an example of someone who lives with self-love, who lives with self-care and knows how to show up in the world in a positive way that helps others. And if I say that, I can figure out all kinds of cool and fun things, creative things to do that align with that. And this is a good time to do that, especially for those of us who, you know, aren't going to an office or, you know, being an essential worker out there still putting in hours. If you're not doing those things, and I'm granted, you know, a lot of people who aren't putting in those hours aren't making the kind of money they're making either, but this is a great time for, you don't have to spend money yet. Just be in exploration. What is my purpose? I might've been working as a train conductor for the MTA and that was great. It was a great check, a lot of great benefits, whatever. And now I'm laid off because of all this pandemic. And so now I can sit at home and think what would be something that would make my life mean something for me, that would make me wanna get up every morning rather than just sitting here being sad that I'm not working anymore. If you're sad, you're sad. I'm not taking away your sadness. I know people like to guard those negative feelings, honey. No one's invalidating your feelings, but being purposeful is just a good way to take care of yourself through all of this. Grow yourself into the love of your life. Whether you're in a relationship or not, I'm sure you have some desires for your relationship, whether you're in a relationship or not. And as I tell everyone and myself included, always be growing yourself into the love of your life. Embody everything that you would like to have in another person. If you've got some long list for how your partner should be, whether you have that partner already or not, make sure that you are meeting up with all those things on that list. And ask yourself, what are some ways that I can meet up with all the things on this list? That's a great way to spend your time right now. And also it's a great way to love thyself. Be the love of your life. Grow yourself into the love of your life. And then the very last one, believe that you deserve. There's no better way to take care of yourself than to develop beliefs that support your value. You are exactly as worthy as you think you are. You get to decide how worthy you are for all the love that you want and need and can generate. Believe that you deserve to love yourself. Believe that you deserve to take good care of yourself. You deserve to eat food that makes you feel healthy and energetic. You deserve to be able to move your body around pain-free. And it is possible when you take good care of your body and keep it hydrated and eat good foods that have a lot of nutrients in it and keep it moving and you know all that good stuff. You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve to feel more youthful than you are. You deserve to experience this world the way that you would like to. We all deserve it. We don't always get it, but we deserve it. And when we have, we are able-bodied and we have the resources. And by resources, I just mean if you have a home that you live in and a little area where you can be in downward dog for 20 seconds a day, you got to take advantage of what you got, honey. And you got to believe that you deserve the care. You deserve the love. You deserve to, to not have that icky feeling of eating takeout every single night. You deserve to not, I know what that feels like because I've done it. And I know what my body feels like after I've been doing that for too long. I know what it feels like if I'm not drinking enough water. I don't deserve that. I don't deserve to be sitting around feeling bloated with a you know sour stomach, feeling shitty. Don't You don't deserve it. And it won't make you feel good. And it's not good good love, self-care, self-love stuff. So just you want to believe that you deserve all the things that feel like love to you and that feel good to you. So lastly, for those of you who like a little more of a tangible go-to kind of guide, here are some action steps that you can take that will immediately boost your self-care regimen without all that pesky mindset stuff. All that stuff I just gave you, you don't even have to do that stuff yet. Here's the thing, and this is why I called this article Water Yoga Sex Magic. Drink lots of water. Just stay hydrated through all of this. Feel your feelings and hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Drink as much water as you can. You know, don't overdo it. Don't water poison yourself. For all you trolls and assholes out there who are going to be like, you drink as much water as you can. Oh my God, I got to drink so much water. Drink a lot of water and take care of yourself. Move your body. I prefer yoga because its challenges are a metaphor for life. If you can do it long enough for downward dog to feel like a rest position, you can definitely overcome some emotional difficulty. It's just a good way to keep your joints flexible, keep your everything moving around and lubricated and all of that good stuff, but that's just what I do. Find something that you can do. And I also do belly dancing. On YouTube there's a gazillion free videos. Or ways to move your body around. So, drink water, move your body around, make sex with or without a partner a daily part of your life. I mean, obviously, if it feels annoying and you're really not up for it, don't do it. But whether you have a partner or not, you should be having a sexual encounter with yourself whenever you feel like it. So, you always can have one with yourself, right? So, even if your partner doesn't want to, But whatever you need to do to have that sexy part of sexiness with your partner, if you have one, do that as well. Why not? It's good for your health. It's good for you, right? Make sex important, not shameful. So drink lots of water, move your body with exercise, make sex important and not shameful, and believe in magic. Believe in magic, water, yoga, sex, and magic, not Chris Angel Mind Freak Magic or David Blaine or whatever, just the miracles that can happen when we're willing to let go of control and release all the bullshit, release all the stuff that we just like drive ourselves nuts with and the stories we make up and the stressors and the You know, like I said, there's enough that's really, truly going on in the world for us to add to it with all of the extra crap that we tell ourselves about not being good enough and having to do things perfectly and trying to fit into cultural traditions and do what other people say and keep up with the Joneses and, you know, all that craziness. Just believe in magic. Believe that you speak your life. That the words that that we say, the thoughts that we think, our beliefs and our actions are what create our life. And ultimately, we're only as valuable as the contributions that we make to ourselves in the world. But it's the contributions that we make to ourselves that keep us capable of giving outwardly and affecting a flow of abundance in our lives. Right. So that's the end of the article, Water Yoga, Sex Magic. You can check it out on my website as well, candaceharperlovecoach.com. If you're tired of settling for less than you deserve, join the Epic Healing Circle every Monday night. It's free, honey. I don't want to hear any excuses. It's free. It's digital, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern every Monday night, the Epic Healing Circle. If you like this, share it with your friends. Everyone needs a little self-care in their life, especially all you tough girls out there. Um... Yeah. And if you're like my friend who called me and you're sitting around feeling extra bloated and you know, like you just ain't been doing good for yourself, you would love the Epic Circle because we're a group of women that are supporting each other. An online healing circle for women everywhere. Every Monday night, we as women come together as a community. We cause personal transformation when it comes to communication, forgiveness, self-love, mother-daughter relationships, purpose, friendships, just all the tools that we need to get that real good self-love, self-care froth going, all that stuff that I talked about up above. And I promise I don't preach the whole time. We talk to each other. It's a big old conversation. We do fun exercises within the circle. And if you are a woman who'd like to work with us, you are welcome. Deep level forgiveness. We free the heart and mind for healthy self-love because now more than ever, it's extremely important. Also, you guys know I'm a matchmaker at Talkify. If you want to be included in my roster of recruits to be matched with a client for free, send me a PM on Facebook with your interest and your email, and I'll send you my recruitment link. All you have to be is single and open to being screened to go on a blind date. This week... I always say this week, but I really am kicking off the monthly Ask ask for Cash App contest. And you could win $50 to $75 directly to your Cash App for following the directions that I will be posting on Instagram. But you gotta follow. I need some follows. At Ask for Candy Podcast, at Candy Love Coach. Follow me and find out how you can win for the month of June. Because May is almost over. I can't believe how quickly this all goes. I can't believe this hour is almost over. Also shout out to the Ask for Candy podcast group. Join the Ask for Candy podcast group on Facebook and Armed Radio Group News on Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Email me, askforcandypodcast at gmail.com and send me your questions and your comments and they may become upcoming topics. You never know. And that's it, my people. I just, you know, if you've stayed till the end, I just really appreciate you for being with me in all this time. I can feel your energy. I know you're out there listening. Hopefully you can feel mine too. I'm sending you so much love and so much strength to have self-love and to just know that you matter, know that you're deserving. Don't let the world take power over you and dictate your worth to yourself. Just because people out there who look like us are suffering whatever you look like, (laughs) whatever we look like, just because people out there are suffering, it doesn't mean that you, you are, or they are any less worthy. We just, we live in a tough world, but you got to believe that you are deserving of a good life and that it is possible and that ultimately it will all be okay. Until next time, never forget that you are a love machine. If you ever start to feel like you aren't getting the love you need, just make more and then ask for candy. I love you so much, people. Hang in there. I love you. Mwah, 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 mwah. Candy, mwah. I call my sugar candy